Through the end of the year, the Banner of Truth is running its annual Christmas special. That means the Banner has its best prices of the year on all of its books. In particular, the multi-volume sets go on steep discount up to 50% off. Readers will be interested to see their new Puritan box sets and the new premium editions of the Valley of Vision, which are now available. Check them out at thebanneroftruth.org and give some gifts this year that will give some lasting spiritual help long after Christmas is over. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I am here with one of my best buddies and a member of Christ Church Carbondale. Also, collegiate ministry director. Anything else? That's about it. Okay, Brandon McNeely. How's it going, man? We're going well. Going well. Good. How are you doing? Good. You can actually lean back and just talk normal okay. too, because I've got the volume turned up, and we're going to keep. We're not even going to edit that out. But Here you go. tell us who you are. Most of the people that, well, I guess everybody that's been on the intensive and knows a little bit about the ministry mm-hmm. uh, locally, at least, knows who you are. But for those who are listening, don't know who you are. So, who are you? Tell us about your family, and then what you do. Yep. Obviously, my name is Brandon. Um, I'm the Baptist Collegiate Ministry Director at SIUC in Carbondale. I've got a wife, Becky. I've been married for four and a half years. Um, got three kids, one with Jesus uh, due to miscarriage. Uh, I've got Jack, who's turning two in November. And then I've got a little one on the way, end of April. And so, don't know gender yet, but... Uh, I still think boy. Jared thinks boy. Becky and I are hoping for a girl. And, uh, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you won't be disappointed oh, no, if you no. get another one. You're there's, not, you're there's, it's a win-win. Exactly. And so, um, I'm pretty simple, simple guy. I've been doing the BCM since 26, January of 2016. And I love it. I love college students and, um, hobbies, hunting, camping, pretty much any, anything outdoors. And, uh, I take a little bit of credit for Jared's recent, uh, hunting obsession. Yeah, but, uh, it's it, not just credit; it's your fault. I think. Yeah, so it yeah, is. yeah. yeah. But it's a good thing. It's if it's my wife saying it, it's your fault. Yes. And then if it's me, I'm thankful. But she's appreciative too, which is good. Uh, that's actually so. You were doing collegiate ministry in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and then somehow connected with collegiate ministry, and that's how you met Becky because it was yeah, yeah. summer evangelism <clears throat> kind of stuff. Yeah, back in 2015. Um, my BSU director at, in in St. Joseph at the school I was going to was one of Phil's Phil Phil Nelson's former students when he was at U of I, and they stayed connected, and and so um, we did a joint trip to Panama City Beach during spring break in 2015, and Becky and I met then and um, started dating in July and got engaged in November, and then um, we were praying about who's going to move where. Um, our wedding was going to be in February, and so. Everything was moving very quickly, and uh, Becky's a few years older than me, so she was already graduated. She's a teacher. Um, Did she have the job when you guys got married? Yeah, she, she was already teaching, teaching at, at the elementary in Murfreesboro, uh, fourth grade, and uh, so on paper, it made more sense for me to move here, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and so just the way that God provided, um, I had an interview. Phil, Phil set up an interview with the BCM down here, and... Um, we both felt like it went terribly and I'm not a good interviewer. 
and uh, he t- wait 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 he told you we he both, thought it went we walked, yeah, too? I walked out we got we got in his truck and I said Phil I don't know if that went very well and he goes yeah I don't know either and uh, <laughs> oh no oh no which it was just a lot of on the spot questions and I'm just who was it with who was doing um, the John was Baker was oh, there oh John was there because okay. he was the DOM at the time and then uh, Mark Emerson from IBSA was down okay and yeah. he he was one that did the the main the majority of the interview and. I was already super nervous, um, and I was I was a leader at the, at the BSU back home. But and then I was about six months into a church planning internship with Nam mm-hmm. back back home as well. But that was all the ministry experience that I had, so you know virtually nothing. And uh, so I was really nervous during the interview, and was just having a hard time articulating. And mm-hmm. uh, but I got a call about a week and a half later from Phil, and he said, "Hey, they're going to give you the job." And really what it came down to was I was the only applicant. So it was either let's give this guy a job or what are we even doing with the ministry? And so right. um, I'm, uh, I'm thankful for it and mm-hmm. learned a lot the last four and a half years. And, and, uh, and for somebody who likes what you do outside, that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. this is just hobbies now. But Southern Illinois is a great place for outdoor stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hiking, hunting, uh, fishing. Exactly. And uh, Becky and I both love the area. We both love being outside. and and stuff and so I don't I don't think I would have a really hard time living somewhere flat mm-hmm. or without public land to hunt on or things like that I just especially after back back, back home was nothing like this I mean there was mm-hmm. lakes and and a little bit of hiking but in, in terms of the terrain and just the sights mm-hmm. and the, the opportunities down here um, it wasn't it, it, it wasn't comparable and so um, so you're here. Yeah. So we're God has you. We're here. We're, we're happy here and and uh, aren't planning on moving anytime soon. Good. And we're happy about that too because you guys joined our church about two, it's been two years ago. Yeah, just about pretty much yeah. right after Jack, right before Jack was right born. Right before Jack. Just, That's right. Just after Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. And so we've been really blessed about that. Um, okay. Let's talk hunting for a second in your yeah. garage because Becky won't let you put it inside the house. <laughs> Not, uh, yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Still working on that. Uh, you have a pretty big buck on the wall, and yeah. so I want to hear that story again. I think I've heard you were junior in high school, maybe. Yeah, I was. You're alone. It was 2009. Uh, I was a sophomore, mm-hmm. fall semester of my sophomore year. I was. It was my last year for a youth season. Okay. And in Missouri, you can rifle hunt, and so I had rifle rifle hunted all my life growing up. And uh, this was one of the first times that I had, I think, walked to the stand by myself. Um, mainly because my dad and I would just hunt it out of the same box. But so it was a box stand. It was it, like yeah, a yeah. kind of one of those glam hunting mm-hmm. things. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was box stand. It was about six feet up in the air in the corner of the field. And uh, my dad gave me his phone just in case I needed anything or, or something like that because I had a, probably a three-quarter mile walk back. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I got there and I'd sat in the stand. I think it, it was the first day of youth season which you got, I think, just one weekend before regular season started, and it was my last year to youth youth hunt. And so got back there. I sat back. I, I think I was sitting there for probably two and a half, three hours, and I was actually looking at my dad's phone, and I'm pretty sure it was like a razor because it's 2009. Uh-huh, right. And I, I was playing Snake or some, some game on his phone, and I look up, and it was probably 75 yards out was this deer walking across this field and I was like oh shoot and so <laughs> I pick up the gun smack it off the off the window because I had to pull the window up and mm-hmm. I smacked it off the window and it stopped and I was like ah. and and ended up getting a clean shot he ran probably 30 yards and dropped and uh <laughs> man you're so you're you know most guys wait like 20 minutes or so to get out of the stand my dad called me immediately and I said he said that you and I said yeah I just shot a pretty big buck and uh <clears throat> 
I think it scored in the like the one forties or one fifties. Um and uh and he's thinking, okay, big, yeah, whatever, you know. Uh-huh. Um and then he they get in my uncle's truck and come over and he goes, Oh wow, that actually is yeah. decent de- decently big and uh um but I was out of the stand in probably two minutes, and I was up, <laughs> up on it in five. And I oh just, my gosh! I, I but it was dead already. Oh, yeah, five it was, minutes. It was dead. Really? And uh, yeah, it was. A lo- I think it was a long shot, and mm-hmm. it, it ran thirty yards and died. So man, that's um, fun. Okay, so I just ordered a grunt call today. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, is there a time of day to use a grunt call? It was something like ten bucks on Amazon. It was really okay. it was a good deal. Yeah. Um, but do you do that in the morning or in the evening? Is that like better in the evening or better in the morning? When do you do um, a grunt call? I honestly don't know much about grunt calls. Okay. Last year was the first year that I used one. Okay. Um, there was a big gap, just so you guys know. There's a, a large gap, probably like 2011 to, uh, well, last year, where I think I only hunted one or two years. Okay. Um, part of that was from moving here, and then part of that was just being working through hunting season. Right. In college, I had to work on Saturdays and stuff, um, and I had school throughout the week. But uh, um, I don't morning or night i'm not sure it really matters um the i as far as i know like the most um opportune time to use one is like during the rut when okay. when, when bucks are more susceptible to, to being called in and and stuff like that um but uh i think morning or, morning or evening it just depends either way where where you're at what the traffic is like and their patterns and things mm-hmm. like that cool i'll show you the one i got it was like a Looks like it's one that you can squeeze, and it changes the t- oh, the yeah. tone. It's yeah. supposed to be a pretty simple mm-hmm. beginner thing or whatever. Uh, okay, well, let's switch gears a little bit, well, I guess a lot, and talk about collegiate ministry. You have done a lot of thinking and wrestling through what collegiate ministry looks like mm-hmm. and what's long-term effectiveness, even what's faithful in the moment, and I've really appreciated it. Mm-hmm. And how you've articulated it to me is really helpful in the way that if God continues to give increase, we've got a few more college students at our church, but... I love the idea of a BCM being a collegiate ministry for local churches, and the way you say it is so helpful to help guys think through what a faithful uh, parachurch ministry can be with a strong ecclesiology, and those mm-hmm. things are hard to marry, yeah. and what you often see is you know, parachurch ministries that are functioning like a local church and trying to train leaders for the local church, but they're disconnected from mm-hmm. the local church. Exactly. And you guys are doing the opposite of that. And so we'd love for you to just give a rundown of what your philosophy of ministry is at the BCM and what, you know, what's happening and, and uh, how you ended up even getting to that conclusion of, mm-hmm. of what the BCM is as, as it is now. Yeah. Yeah. So I came from a really healthy, uh, BSU, um, which is BSU Baptist Student Ministry? Yeah, it was Baptist or, Student Union. Union, uh, okay. Yeah. BCM, BSM. There's a, a bunch of different three-letter acronyms that all mean the same thing. Um, uh, but um, so I, I had a really great experience in college. Had a great um, BSU director who had been there for I think he's been there for 16 or 17 years now, and is is just a really solid dude that that I just really love and. Um, um, wish I would have used my time in college. If I would have known, hey, this is the role you're going to step into, hmm. even on lead team, I, I would have cherished that time a little bit more mm-hmm. and probably tried to soak up a, a lot more. Because um, when I got here, I was I was like, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Boots no, on the ground, no, what the heck well, am I doing? <laughs> nobody was in my position for the three years before I got here. Ch- Chase Abner was before, mm-hmm. but he had been, you know, three years is a long time, especially mm-hmm. on a college campus. And so, 
um, we were really starting from the bottom and we, yeah. we, we had an international lunch going and some ESL classes, but that was about it. Um, and there was, a, I think maybe like a sewing class or something, but in terms of, um, non-international ministry, there wasn't anything going on. And mm-hmm. so, um, a lot of the point that I'm at now has been a buildup of the last four years of, of learning, failing, um, and learning and failing and things like that. And so, uh, I would tweet 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 that a little bit. Not necessarily failing, but just continue yeah. to grow. Exactly. I mean, yeah, because there's been fruit all the way through. Yeah, it just yeah. depends it's on how a, you measure not a it. Meaningless failure, but right. it's a falling forward mm-hmm. type of thing. And so, uh, the, my understanding of a B, of a BSU B, B, BCM type thing uh, to steal Midwesterns. I'm actually wearing the shirt today. Uh, is oh yeah, slogan is for it's the church. Shirt. And so. Um, our the local church is I, I like to think of as the legs of the BCM, and if the local church isn't involved, then we have nothing to stand on. We, mm. we have no point in, in existing. Um, a lot of uh, newer collegiate ministries that are getting started are all church based, mm-hmm. which is good. And so, and we want a church based BCM mm-hmm. as much as you can, um, which make which which makes it difficult if the churches. Aren't wanting to participate. Yeah, and so and yeah. it's it's like, and we can't force churches to be involved, um, and and anything like that. And so uh, we really are we're at the mercy of the churches to say, hey, yeah, let's partner together. And so the the BCM is simply put is just a is providing a unified platform for Baptist churches to work together because on the college campus mm-hmm. um, we're all all the different churches in town or just in the area that are sending students. Um, we especially have a lot of local churches from Marion to Carbondale, Carterville, Anna Jonesboro, mm-hmm. um, you know, from all of the different regions. Um, they're all sending local students to SIU. And then we have thousands of students coming from not locally that, mm-hmm. you know, we can reach. And so, um, the BCM is there to provide a platform, just a unified platform for all of our local Baptist churches to work together to meet the, the goal of reaching our campus for Christ, sharing mm-hmm. the gospel, developing leaders, making disciples. Um, but we don't want them to, and so as that practically plays out, um, I like to think of the BCM as like a claw mm-hmm. and that we can reach out on a campus and then um, <clears throat> we can as they come to the BCM, we then point them to a local church. Mm-hmm. And so for us specifically, um, like we want small groups to be done by the local church. And so um, like Cornerstone has three small groups right now. They meet on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, one meets in Carterville, one meets in Carbondale, and then one meets at the BCM. And mm-hmm. so if a student from, from <clears throat> and then we, we've got like a Lakeland has a group that meets at the BCM and Christchurch has a group. And we've, we've got a group at the BCM that's meeting that is mainly for churches that don't have enough students to have their own group yet. Mm-hmm. But the, the goal is for those, those churches to build up and then start their own small group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, the, the, the areas, so that, that's how we, we, we want them to be church based in that when Christchurch looks at a college student and we think, what are the expectations that we have for this college student, um, to be involved with the, in the life of our church? What does that look like? The same thing for Cornerstone. So for Cornerstone, mm-hmm. it might look like uh, we want them to go to a small group on campus, attend a, a, attend a service on Sunday, serve in some areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know everything about 
Um, but that's, you know, I know that they have small groups mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And so obviously they're going to want them to come on a Sunday morning. And, right. And be a, uh, but, you know, the same for Murdale, the same for, for Lakeland, Christchurch, um, mm-hmm. some churches in Marion. And so um, we, uh, I'm kind of bouncing around in my head. That's right. So what are some of the challenges with, with collegiate ministry that you faced? Carbondale is a kind of a notorious place for, for difficulty mm-hmm. with collegiate ministry. I don't know why that is, but it seems like. Places like Southeast Missouri State, I don't know really, because my sister went to SEMO, but yeah. you go down there, or Murray State, and mm-hmm. there's big collegiate ministries there. Yeah. And even the largest collegiate ministry here at SIU is not that many mm-hmm. students, and there's some issues big time that you know of yeah. with that ministry. So um, what did, why do you think there's some of the struggles that people face with SIU? I mean, I wish we could all put our finger on it. but Yeah. Um, I would, Well... I think one, the majority of students are coming with the, with the intentions of, of partying. SIU has been a long party school, obviously like the party atmosphere and like the, I don't want to call it the quality of partying, but it has Mm -hmm. definitely gone down. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not the eighties and nineties, like I hear of with the giant ragers and things like that. Right. Uh, but I mean, most students come here with the expectation that, Hey, we're going to party. We don't, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't care about the things of God and, and things like that. Um, um, I know from like the church standpoint, I've heard a lot in the last four years or so of uh, mainly, well, the campus isn't 25,000 students anymore, you know, look, it's down to 11,000 now, and mm-hmm. and a, a lot of the conversation is more on what the campus isn't mm-hmm. anymore instead of what it is today. Like, there's still 11,000 students on campus, yeah. and I would put all the money I have in that over 10,000 of them are probably not saved. Right. Like, you know, it's a very largely unreached um, campus. And so um, that's a challenge, I think, from, from the church standpoint, is just not being, um, I, I, don't, I can't think of the word that I want to use, mm-hmm. but, you know, we're living in the past a little bit. Gotcha. Um, now, I don't think that's, that, that's not like a, just a blanket Thing because obviously we have churches that all care about the campus today and they care yeah. about students today, uh, but that can kind of be, I think, like a stumbling block mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. And uh, and I get it. If I was here then and the campus is now forty percent of what it used to be, mm-hmm. it'd be kind of depressing, you know. Yeah. And and not not just for the campus, but for the area in general, right? And the economy that it brought to it. And so, um, <clears throat> and then it's a it's a it's a liberal campus. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of Southern Illinois is red politically mm-hmm. and then you've got a blue dot mm-hmm. you know on the campus and so um that can make it difficult yeah um with with today's political views and things um, and now you've even experienced ups and downs if you look at numbers of students and stuff like that so yeah. how have you maintained a uh, a stick to to continue just to press on mm-hmm. when you've been when you when it's been a, a season of kind of lull. Yeah, yeah. And so when we, when we first started, we we you know had a, a, a solid core of like twenty to twenty five students in that first semester and starting from scratch. And I was like, this is this is solid. And um, and then just through my inexperience and I was still learning and. Uh, you know, I came here with the idea that, hey, we're, I'm going to do things different and better. It was really prideful. And then fast forward a few years, and I am now right back to where the BSU that I came from was. You mm. know, And so it's like if I would have been humble from the beginning, you know, things might have been different now. But um, but then again, like we've had to build up this 
understanding of what a healthy BCM is so much to mm-hmm. local churches because there was just like very little foundation with the current leaders uh, mm-hmm. or just some hesitancy. That, and, and no conversations over the last three years because nobody had been there. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's so just like, oh, it, it, BCM starting we, back we, up again. We, we, we weren't starting from scratch just from like numbers attendance-wise, but really from uh, letting churches know our intentions, what mm-hmm. does a healthy BCM look like. And so the last few years have been building that up as well. And, uh, you know, as of September 15th, uh, I think we're almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still have some conversations to have and what, what does this look like? Um, because it's going to look different for every campus because mm-hmm. there's different churches there, you know, but, um, but just letting the churches know that, Hey, we're, we're here for you. We're not mm-hmm. here to steal students. We want students to be more involved in your church mm-hmm. as a result of our ministry. Um, yeah. you know, and that, that, that I, I think like Kevin and I were talking last month and a big thing for us to look at the, the health of the BCM would be to look to see how, how, how are our collegiate students doing in the local churches. That's good. And that's how we want to be able to get to a point to where that's a correct assessment. Yeah. Of, we, of we need BCM. a bunch of bins. We do. You yeah. know, like Ben yeah. is just yeah. this aviation student at her church and part of the BCM. And he's, I mean, he's a really sharp yeah. guy, 19 years old, 20 years old. Is mm-hmm. he probably... He's, he might be 20 now. Maybe 20. He's a, he's a sophomore. First, okay. sec, first semester sophomore. But to answer your, your original question of... Um, I mean, I, I already have in me, like, the, I just don't quit. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. know if it was playing sports growing up or what, but I just, I cannot find it in me to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you know, in our spiritual lives, no amount of my ability to persevere is going to be enough. Right. And so God's been good. His grace has been there to strengthen. And um, obviously, Becky has been a, a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. Um, um, having Phil... As a, as a mentor, has been really good. Um, I've got great friends. Um, and I was fortunate enough that the first couple of years here, you know, I got I got the job at 21, and I was still in school, and so all of the BCM members were my age. Yeah. So I was able to do ministry even though I was young and inexperienced with my friends, mm-hmm. and they were very forgiving. And um, I look back and I'm like, I don't know why people kept showing up, and uh, <laughs> I'm thankful for them. But there's been a lot of support and people and um, but I also know that like I was the only applicant and I, I can look at it as like they had no choice or I can look at it as God gave me this job, yeah. you know? And, and so if he gave me this job, then he's going to carry me through it and mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's called me to it. So I don't, yeah. you know, I don't have the, the right to say, Hey, I'm done unless well, I feel like he wants me to be done. Yeah. You know? And so, that first semester, I think it was the first semester and I, I can't remember if it was just that one semester if it was both where you went through the book of acts and you took everybody through acts yeah. and then looked at each time the word of god increased the word of god yeah. increased and or, or the uh, and, and the people of god increased it, it was just a really i remember that, that yeah, was, yeah. It was good i was actually just thinking about that a couple of weeks ago yeah and um it's probably in my google doc somewhere yeah well, that was good but, stuff but yeah it was fun mm-hmm. um all right well let's let's uh turn the corner again and you got to bounce here in like eight minutes, don't you? I'm, I got probably 15. Okay. So let's talk the intensive. You've been at the intensive for both years now. And I was just talking to Joey. I met Joey this morning. He saw that. And we had some conversation about it. But I, I would love for you to make a pitch, even to maybe some collegiate ministry leaders mm-hmm. that may be around the state yeah. and are thinking through leadership stuff or pastoral ministry stuff or how to, how to you know rub shoulders with some pastors and mm-hmm. things like that. Why should guys 
consider coming to the intensive? What what have you been there since the ground floor? What have you appreciated about that? And then, you know, you can't come to pastor camp this month, but what do you think is special? And then how do you see this going in the future? Because I, I think there's some really neat things, but I'd love to hear your thoughts about what do you think could happen in the future with the intensive? Yeah. It's every May, and mm-hmm. so this May, consider coming, listener out there. Yeah. But uh, what have been your thoughts over the first two years, and then where do you think things are going? Yeah, I'm, I've, I have really enjoyed it, and I look forward to it. And it's only... You know, a little less than eight months away, which mm-hmm. is not like or n- nine months away. I need to open no, eight, registration. Eight, eight yeah, I know. Yeah, eight months is not that far. So go ahead and put it on your calendar. If you wait, you know it's going to be it's going to be Christmas time here soon, and then it's going to be April before you know it. And so I would encourage you to go ahead and put it on your calendar. Um, the first year and the second year were were way different. Um, we didn't know about the Jacks Fork River the first year until the night before. Because mm-hmm. the, 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 the ticket. Yeah, the ticket. The river was flooded, and so we weren't getting to float. We were fishing. We got uh, park rangers called on us, got a ticket, but then those park rangers ended up telling us, hey, the Jacks Fork is here. Uh, it's it's you're, you're you're able to flow and it's just a beautiful flow and we didn't even get to that part this year i know but after um, literally i mean how much did we build it up we gosh, are thin oh it is gosh. so beautiful these bluffs <laughs> and so the north jacks fork i mean like the upper upper jacks fork and there's it's broken down to the upper and the lower well the full upper upper is not as pretty as that just mm. the plain old upper jacks fork yeah. and so we finished this year right before we got to the really beautiful part mm. and so not everybody didn't even get to see it yeah but anyways good and so it's a it's a great time you know two 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 nights middle of the week um it's a good time to just spend with guys um and i know guys we you know we we, we bond shoulder to shoulder shared experiences um and then you know, I will always have, especially like myself, I'm more quiet, but once I have a shared experience with somebody, I'm more extroverted with them. Mm-hmm. And so all of those guys from last year, um, I could, you know, I'm not going to be shy around them anymore just from, you know, that, that's just how I am. But it, 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 to come out of that, not, 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 not only like, like we survived that trip. Mm-hmm. We didn't, you know, just go to that trip. We survived. Yeah. Wait, can you tell the embarrassing story? Because like okay, yeah. Brandon and Brady were probably the two of the best. They did. They had one fall the whole time, like one spill, and they're probably the best canoers of the whole bunch. But I mean, within the first five seconds. <laughs> so we get we put in on the bridge, and it was already at flood stage. If it had been any higher, they wouldn't. They weren't going to let us on. But um, the water the water level was decreasing, but it was mm. still really high. It's really fast. Well, we put it on this bridge, and they had these, I don't know what they're called. They're culverts, giant, giant culverts. Giant culverts. And Brady and I were like, we're going to go through this thing to start off this thing. And we already had a giant cooler and a giant tote, so we're really <laughs> weighed down. So, tons of food already. Tons, yeah, tons of food. We were planning on camping on the river that night, and we had a lot of our food supplies. And so... Your phone. My phone, and I was in charge of uh, the stories for social media, and so I had my phone out. Um, originally had it in my water box and I was like, no, I'm going to take it out to go through this tube. And it was a, you put in, but the river was going so fast. You're coming into this tube at a 45 degree angle. And it was our friends, Riley, not, 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 not really Mason and his friend went yeah, through it first Dylan. and they got lucky where they hit the culvert and then it spun them around and they ended up going through the tube backwards. Yeah. That's what I did too. And Jared, it, went it, no, and I made it through yeah, as well. Jared went last and he did the same thing. Well, Brady and I. We're like, oh, after watching Mason and his friend go through, like, we're, we're going to do this. We hit it perfectly. We're going to go through it. And I'm in the back, so I'm in, I'm in charge of steering. 
But it looked like we were just going to nail this thing. Um, and when we get the tip of our canoe in, the current from the back left pushes us up the side of the cement bridge where the culvert begins and just flips us. My phone's in my lap. It is gone. All right. I mean, literally 10 seconds on the road. Yeah, we're 10 Less seconds than- in. And the, the worst thing is that right before we get on, the two guys that drove us up there looked at both of us because we were being just so confident in our abilities that uh, you know, these two guys are going to flip today. Uh-huh. We're thinking like two or three of us are going to flip today, you know, right. but it's going to be pretty pretty chill. Because last year, I mean, the, the float typically is pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if we had, a, we might have one close call last year. Right. You know, but so t- 10 seconds in, Brady and I are, are, we have flipped and all of our stuff is floating down the river. We have bread floating down. <laughs> My phone is gone. And uh, funny thing is, I called Becky like an hour later. You know, we got everything out. Phone was the only thing we lost. Um, stuff was relatively dry besides us. And uh, I called Becky from Garrett's phone, I think. Garrett uh-huh. or Justin's phone. And I said, I said, hey, um, I lost my phone in the river. We flipped our canoe. She goes, what about all the pictures? Because <laughs> I have a bunch of pictures of Jack on my phone. Uh-huh. And, and uh, it wasn't. It wasn't, hey, are you okay? And yeah. Like, she, she did end up asking if I was okay, but it was just... After the important stuff. Yeah, after... after No, no, the picture. I was like, Becky, they're all on my cloud. It's fine. Okay. You know? She goes, oh, okay, fine. Like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm okay. Can you work on getting me a new phone? Which you had by the time I know, you got, I got home, right? I, yeah, we got home the next night, and I, my phone was there, which is... It's crazy. Cr- crazy. And so... But, uh, but it's a great time of... of just being with guys, being with with like-minded guys. Uh, you know, we're all coming from most of us in ministry. We know the struggles of it and and things like that. And so um, we had guys come last year that had no canoeing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this year we're planning on doing more of a base camp thing. Yeah, that's the plan. And so and maybe just floating some easier parts, but the, also the the, the pretty good parts. parts. Yeah. yeah. And when I say the prettiest parts, like. I've never been to like the Grand Canyon or things like that, but this for bluffs like this in southern Missouri, um, the water with as clear as it was last the, the first year, mm-hmm. um, you can go back and look, look look at pictures from the Shepherd's Creek account, and you know we're in four foot water and you can see the bottom. Yeah, it, it looks like our canoes are floating. Seriously, just like not on water but just floating. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's a great time. You're going to make great friends and. Um, you know, if, you, if you're a little bit apprehensive, you know, you may, might not be that out, outdoorsy. Come anyway. We got a guy that last year, Adam, mm-hmm. he didn't, he wasn't outdoorsy and he said he yeah. was coming back. And yeah, so, he's coming back. Um, but it's just a great time. I promise you, you're going to have a blast and, uh, um, yeah, it's cool. And I think our, our wives handled things pretty well too, because oh, yeah. legitimately, I think we counted it up at the 17 guys that came like seven of us or seven or eight of us uh-huh. came. I mean, it was really, we only had one canoe, serious, not flip one canoe that the whole flip, day. That's right. And it was some really serious. There was a time that I thought, I thought Andy was for sure dead. Yeah. And I went under and got, <laughs> I got sucked under. And then Andy, I looked over and I couldn't see him. And I thought for sure it was probably only three or four mm-hmm. seconds, but it felt like it was, 
you know, yeah. 15. Yeah. And sure enough, he bobbed up out of the water and was able to get out. And I thought for sure he was a goner, yeah. man. Well, one of the things also that I, that, that I like about a trip like that is when you're floating down the river, you hear the rapids coming ahead of you. Uh-huh. And I think we talked a little bit about this on that last day before we headed out. But, mm-hmm. but you got rapids coming up or a sharp turn coming up. There's nothing you can do to stop yourself. Yeah. From you, go, like, you just have to prepare and hit yeah, it. And, that's right. Uh, you know, a ministry is a lot like that where you might see something coming up in the future mm-hmm. or, or, and stuff. And instead of shying away from it and things like that, you just got to, you know, yeah. go for it. Yeah. And, and to get to, but to get to do that with just some great guys around you and you just yeah. build that brotherhood and, um, and yeah, which is going to be a part of the, it's going to be the bond of brothers yeah. next year. So got some ideas about what that's going to look like with the sessions. There are there are sessions during the during the intensive, but we want to invite you to come. It's really great, and it's uh, going to be on the website here soon. It's going to be the 4th through the 6th of May, I believe, but uh, I think the cost is going to be 175 at the base level cost, and then there's going to be different tiers if you want to stay. We're going to do some, some uh, glamping if people want to get the cabin or the, the hotel room there. Then it could go up to probably two seventy five or two fifty or something mm-hmm. like that if people want to stay in there. But, anyways, we'd love for you to come. It's a lot of fun, and if you're going to a conference or something like that, you can have a great time at a conference with your pastoral team. But this can provide a unique experience that you're really not going to get anywhere else. I mean, there's probably other events somewhat like this, but to get a, a group of pastors together is a really unique thing when you got two days on the river. And so we're going to have options this next year, as Brandon was saying, where. We're going to have a base camp, so instead of going all the way up river and then bringing all our stuff on the canoe, and it really weighs the canoe down, we're going to just stay at that camp and then two, do two days of floating, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. But anyways, Brandon, I appreciate it, man. Thanks yeah, for coming thanks on the show on. and us getting to know you a little bit, and all the listeners anyways, yeah. but appreciate it. Cool. We'll have to have you back after you shoot a really big buck, and you can tell that story. Yeah. So, so me, and you, me and you will both get like a 20-point, you know, like like 20, 200-pound 20 buck or something like that. Yeah. And like a 180-inch rack or yeah. something like that. But All right. Well, have a good rest of your day, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.